church say amen. amen. I didn't think the lesson was that bad this morning, was it? I mean, wow. Is, is, it, is it the weather? Is it the, or the moon or astrology or what? Man, we're only in what, the third week of the new year? Folks already have fallen off the wagon. Wow. But you know what? We're going to keep on encouraging. And while we're encouraging, we're going to keep on marching to Zion. How about that? We're going to keep on keeping on because the prize, it's not a matter how fast you run the race. The, the prize is given to the one who persevere and endure and finish the race. Man, you can't go to heaven by giving up. But anyway, you know, the Bible says only a few will make it anyway. But we appreciate you being here. And we have to keep on keeping on. The devil is going to do his job to persuade and encourage people not to believe, not to be faithful not to uh, participate, but just the same, God's love is abundant and God's will is still that every man be saved. Amen. So I'm thankful to God that he never allow all of us to be in a slump at the same time. Man, can you imagine the trouble we would be in if all of us went through valleys at the same time? But God is so good that he always keeps some of us above ground, above the water to keep pushing on. Amen. And I'm thankful to God for that. This evening, I would just like to add a couple of more points in connection to the lesson from this morning, talking about this new covenant. Talking about being in a new year, having this new covenant that we are a part of as members of the body of Christ, the church of Christ. The church that Jesus himself built. Purchased with his own blood. He's the head and the savior of it. And he's everything to it. This church is so special that one day he's coming back for it. To take it back to present unto himself in heaven. And then it's all over said and done. We can dwell with the father. We can dwell with the son in heaven. And you know what? We can truly sing, it is well. Amen. It is well with our souls. Is that all right? all right? The Bible teaches us in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 9, beginning at verse 16. For where a testament is, or a covenant, that must also of necessity be the death of the testator. And this refers to the death of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Who was charged to make a new covenant on the part of man? For us. For a testament is of no force after men are dead. I'm sorry, for a testament is a force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator lives. When you stop and think about 
what God has done for us. That's why it's such a big deal to be a part of the Church of Christ and part of this new covenant relationship. Why is it such a big deal? Because God so loved the world that he sacrificed his best for us to enter into a new covenant relationship that will not be just for a particular group of people of a race or ethnic group, but it is for all men everywhere. Doesn't matter how poor you may be. Doesn't matter how high-minded you may be and where you live. This salvation, this covenant offers salvation to all men. And what really moves me the most is how this covenant came about to become forcible. Somebody had to die. That's what I want to talk about this evening. Somebody had to die. Over in John chapter 19. We hear these passages read often during the communion. John 19 verse 1. Then Pilate therefore took Jesus. And scores him. Pilate took Jesus. And scourge him. Thinking that scourging would satisfy the bloodthirsty desire of these folks out in the audience. So Pilate took Jesus and scourged him. What is involved in scourging? They whipped him. They whipped him. To be honest, whipping takes away. They beat him. Unmercifully. When you stop and consider the word of God said, Jesus never, never sinned. Never did any wrong. Gal was never found in his mouth. The blind was given their sight. There were those who couldn't walk. He blessed them with the ability to walk again. And his command upon their faith in him, they got up and walked. Jesus even forgave people of their sin. Something no other man walking this earth could do. Jesus raised the dead. He comforted the downtrodden and the heavy-hearted people. People were hungry. Bobby, he fed them. People didn't know where they were going in their lives. They needed some direction and Jesus provided it. I could go on and on with all of the things Jesus did to help mankind. But in return, here we find 
He was scorched. He was scorched. And the Bible says, and the soldiers platted a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put on him a purple robe, mocking him. You say you're a king. We're going to pretend that you are. We'll dress you in purple. We gave you a crown, but it was of thorns. And they said, Hail, king of the Jews. And they smote him with their hands. And they smote him. You know what? I don't like being slapped by anybody. Can, can we just be honest? I don't like being slapped by anybody. Nonetheless, a group of people. The Bible says, and they, the soldiers, they slapped him. They smoked him. What did they do wrong? He only left heaven to be offered as a sin sacrifice for the sinful condition that we were in. And that's the best you can offer him? Pilate therefore went forth again and said unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you that you may know, that you may know that I find no fault in him. Hold up, wait a minute. Uh, Pilate was governor, was he not? Pilate said, I, I don't find any fault in him. Why don't you execute a pardon, Pilate? Well, Pilate tried by persuasion. But listen to the people. Then came Jesus forth wearing the crown of thorns. Pilate hoping, hoping that after they see how unmercifully this man has been scourged, surely with any ounce of decency or compassion in your heart, you would say, let him go. That Jesus came forth wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate said unto them, Behold a man. When the chief priests, therefore, and officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him. Crucify him. No measure of beating short of death. would be acceptable unto them. <clears throat> you scourge the man, his flesh is hanging open. Amen. You beat him unmercifully. You strip him down. Humiliate him. Plant a crown of thorns in his skull. You slap him and beat him. Crucify him. 
He ain't suffered enough. Pilate said unto them, Take ye him and crucify him. For I find no fault in him. The Jews answered them, We have a law. And by our law, he ought to die. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he was the more afraid. I'm sorry. The Jews answered him, we have a law and by our law he ought to die because he made himself the son of God. Oh, he didn't make himself the son of God. He is the son of God. He was then and he's still today the son of God. And when Pilate therefore heard that saying, he was the more afraid. And went again into the judgment hall and said unto Jesus, who are you? When I read that, I think about what if Jesus would have responded? I'm the one who came down to save your soul. I'm the one who's going to end the Old Testament and bring into force anew. I'm the one that even you will be able to obtain salvation. I'm the one who's going to make it possible Pilate asked, who are you? But Jesus gave him no answer. Then said Pilate unto him, do you refuse to speak unto me? Surely in a very arrogant way. Do you know who I am? He goes on to say, I have the power to crucify you and have power to release you. Oh, did you hear what Pilate said? Did he not stick his foot in his mouth? I have the power to put you to death. And I also have the power to grant you to walk away. Jesus said, you could have no power. At all against me except it were given you from above. Therefore he who delivered me unto you has the greater sin. Wow. Did you hear that? A greater sin. See some would believe hell is an equal opportunity punisher. Everybody just going to be punished the same. Uh-uh. There are degrees of punishment even in hell. How do we know that? Because Jesus said someone committed a greater sin. The Bible said the elders of the church, the, the overseers, the pastors of the church who are to feed the flock and oversee, they're going to be judged more harsh.
Oh, hell is, is not going to be a comfortable place for anybody. But don't think there are no variations of degrees of punishment. And from thenceforth, Pilate sought to release him. I thought you said you had the power. But the Jews cried out, saying, if you let this man go, you are not Caesar's friend. You know what's so amazing about that? Since when did the Jews care about Caesar? Huh? What, since when did the Jews, the chief priests and, and those, when did they care and have such fun relationships with Caesar? To be honest, they hated him. But now they flip the script to use it to say, if you let this man go, you're not Caesar's friend. As if they care. But isn't it amazing what the devil would do? To what extreme and to what extent the devil will use? To shut up truth. But the Jews cried out saying. If you let this man go. You're not Caesar's friend. Whoever makes himself a king. Speaks against Caesar. Jews didn't care about Caesar. This was their way to manipulate. Man, you don't want word to get back to Caesar, do you? When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Jesus forth, sat down in the judgment seat in a place that is called the pavement. But in Hebrew, Gabbatha. And it was the preparation of the Passover. And about the sixth hour. And he said unto the Jews. Behold your king. Somebody had to die. Somebody had to shed their blood. Somebody had to go to Calvary. Somebody had to be nailed in the hands. Somebody had to be nailed in the feet. Somebody had to suffer. Somebody had to agonize. Somebody had to die. And because God so loved the world, God witnessed His Son agonizing on this cross. God Listen to Jesus crying out, Eli, Eli, lama sabatana. That is to say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken? 
Why have you departed from me? Why am I hanging here all alone? God had to leave. Not because he didn't love his son. But he had to leave because he could not be in the presence of our sin. The sins that Jesus bore for mankind. The same men that said crucify him. That a merciful beating is not enough. Crucified. They didn't even just say, just kill it. No. They sought out the most painful, the most grueling, the most unbearable death of all deaths. It's a crucified. And because it pleased the Father. Because the Father's will is that no man be lost. That all men be saved. Somebody had to die. And you tell me you don't see a reason to be rejoiceful? You don't have a reason or understanding why you should be grateful and appreciative for the new covenant? You telling me this man died for you. And you can't get motivated to love somebody, to forgive somebody, to help somebody. You telling me after God had to turn away from his only begotten son. Because he can't dwell where sin is. And he left them hanging on the cross. Agonizing. You telling me you can't. You can't get happy. And be thankful. Something's wrong. Something's wrong with that picture. Where would we be without the new covenant? What would we be without? We would be without Jesus. We would be without the forgiveness of sin. We would be without the protection and better promises. We would be without the comforter. Think about it. The next time you think your problems and your troubles and your valleys are so deep. Look up, look up the cavern. Look up the cavern. And what you're going to find hanging on that tree at Calvary is someone who said, It is finished. It is finished. Father into your hands. I submit my spirit.
In other words, Jesus said, I've done what I came to do. It is finished. You know the beautiful thing about this testator? He died. See the difference in us leaving a will? When we die, whatever is in it is granted and awarded. But we see in the grave. This testator said, you know what? I'm getting back up. And on the third day, he got up. So to prove even more assuring that this new covenant is the real deal, God got him up to oversee to make sure that what comes with it, he's going to oversee it. Because all power is given unto him. In heaven and earth. Even the angels bow down to him. So you, you want to be in a solid clad covenant. Sarita, you want to be a part of something that's the real deal. It's the new covenant. It don't get any better than the new covenant. This attorney said, one call, that's all. No. Uh-uh. You need to be in the new covenant. That's where the blessings are. That's where the protection is. So don't walk around here just thinking, oh, I'm just in a church. No. Homie don't play that. This ain't just a church. Your baptism wasn't just a baptism. Your new citizenship isn't just some citizenship. Man, you got a, a heavenly citizenship when you step into this arena. And when you became a member of the Church of Christ, you became a member of something hell-proof. And heaven bound. That even Satan on his best day can't stop it. So don't discount this new covenant. And since God has blessed you to come into a new year, and you are a part of this new covenant, you need to straighten your back up. You need to hold your head up. You need to straighten your walk up. You need to get yourself together. And you need to recognize what God has called you into. Because the truth of the matter is, you ain't have sense enough to choose yourself. He chose us. And being that he's been so graceful, so merciful and so loving. We need to act like we got some sense. Stop lowering, lowering yourself to other folks' standards. Other non-believer standards. Even folks in the church, we ain't got sense enough to hold their head up. 
and recognize how blessed they are and that they are a chosen vessel of God, you know what? You need to step on and recognize who you are and the blessings you have obtained in this new covenant. Can the church say amen? amen. I'm done. I'm done. Mm. January 14, 2018, and some of us still don't get it. We still don't get it that it's the Lord's day. <laughs> but that's all right. We'll keep on marching. And we'll keep on thanking God. And we'll keep on denying ourselves and pressing on. Straight is the way. Straight. Straight. Ain't no curves. You think about it. If you're learning how to drive, if you got on a road that's just straight, no turns occurred, that should be an easy task. Just go straight. That's what the Lord's trying to tell us about this walk. Just go straight. Just go straight. I, I don't care if you come to a point where it looked like you could ease off. Don't, 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 don't steer away. Just go straight. Because ain't nothing on those exits. Stay on the straight and narrow. That's where you're going to find the reward. On the straight. And now. Recognize who you are today, folks. Tell somebody who, who want to fill your day and, and, and keep your mind occupied talking about how bad it is for them. The next time they want to tell you about their troubles, turn to John 19 and just start reading. Just reading out loud to them. Just tell them, read John 19. If there was ever somebody who could say they had a bad day, Jesus would be the one to say he had a bad day. But have you ever read anywhere where he said, I had a bad day? No, because it pleads the Father. He agonized, but at the same time, he rejoiced in the fact that I can please my Father. And that's why he said, it is finished. It is finished. Thank God we're in the new covenant. Ain't got to make no long pilgrimage. Ain't got to keep round up of animals and go out and slaughter them and bleed them out and sprinkle blood and offer them up. Some of us would be burned up and, and, and destroyed because we'll be trying to hold the best for ourselves. We'll try to hide the meat that I do for us. Why should I offer this to God? I ain't never seen it. It's some good eating right here. And you know how I know some of us would be like that? 
because we want him to offer our sin as a living sacrifice. So imagine what you would do with those goats out there if we had to offer them. Shoot. Why waste this meat? You ain't wasting anything. You're offering a sacrifice unto the most high. Well, how come I can't go out there and just get that old runt? That that ugly goat. That, that one that ain't that fat, whatever. So that's what you think about God. Well, if you're not even willing to offer yourself, what are you telling God? You ain't good enough to have this. You think about that. That's what you're saying. Something in this world deserves me better than you. That's why I will not offer myself unto you as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto you. There's something that warrants me more than you. And you know who that something or someone is? Yourself. You're selfish. You're self-centered. And you're all about you. I don't care how many times you sit up here during the week. It's about you. And the truth confirms it when you won't offer yourself the way God said do it. I said enough. Thank God for the new covenant. Somebody had to die. And I say this in the proper context. Thank God he did. Thank God he did. What's our song, Adore? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.